0: I'm Mel Stewart, and this is the Swim, Swim podcast. Joining me is Coleman Hodges, sometimes head of production in *The Man on Deck*. And today we have a very, very, very special guest—an Olympic star, one of my favorite swimmers, three-time Olympic medalist, twelve-time World Championship medalist, Katie Hoff.
1: Hello.
0: Fantastic. Look at you. I'm talking all over. I'm, I'm talking over you right, while you're talking. I screwed it up already. You, you have the best setup. I just want to say you have the best setup. You're coming professional. You're delivering it. And I just want to say uh, definitely top 1% on the podcast platform.
1: Wow. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah, I have to give credit to um, lighting is something I did not know anything about for this quarantine. And I've learned a lot about lighting. So <laughs> thank you.
2: It, it shows. You can tell you've done your fair share of Zooms so far yeah. because, yeah, your, your
0: setup looks uh, <laughs>
1: looks crisp. It's just, it's, it's
0: just your swimmers for, uh, you've done a lot with Swimmers for Change, correct?
1: I did Swimmers for Change. I've done a lot of, I started out doing the I Am Fit uh, dryland webinars, um, done a lot of different like, interviews. So I, I have to give, I can't give credit to myself. I have to give credit to my husband like the second i started doing that and he was like on amazon like looking for stuff and educated me in the world that is lighting so
0: well let's just put it on the table you went outside of your swimming family and you married a football player i know, yeah. Tell us about it. <laughs> I
1: know. and i always like had such a i i won't lie and he knows this like such a stereotype of like you like football players like you know and he totally changed my changed my perspective on football and he, he he knows more about swimming than I know about football let's just say that
0: it's he's impressive, impressive. Very. So he's, he's what you're saying is Todd has a swim nerd muscle
1: he does he does yeah very much so so I was highly impressed
0: it's good that he's not here because we would test that swim nerd muscle just to see, just to see how strong it is Uh, But, you know, I'm surprised when a lot of a lot of folks come into our sport and they and they do know swimmers and they know the times and that's a new phenomenon and it's new media. And frankly, you know, it really is due in large part to this period of time where you rose to prominence. And it's uh, because it wasn't it was like 2004 to 2008 when we started to have these massive stars and you would go out to a restaurant or something and it. And people you talk about swimming and they 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 knew your name which to me for, for an old Olympian it was it's that was weird but yeah. yes you for a period of time you became household and you were a kid was is that something that you anticipated Were you were you surprised by it what you know how, how did that shoe fit uh.
1: It definitely a surprise. I mean, let's be real. The reason I think swimming—I think a guy named Michael Phelps had a lot to do with with when he was coming up, and we were coming up at a at a similar, relatively similar time. Um, but yeah, I think you're right. Like, actually, I hadn't even thought about it like that. Swimming really did, and I think part of it was social media started moving, and um, things were actually more online. And um, it, but it was definitely not something I would say I was prepared for uh, at 15 for sure.
0: It seemed like you handled it well. It yeah. was, uh, I, I mean, I know personally, but here's the thing. We all have the same friends. It's, uh, you know, Bowman was, uh, you were at North Baltimore. Bowman was an assistant coach when to kids, when I was, when I was swimming with David Marsh, when I was preparing for the Olympics years and years before, but everybody knows everybody, but I i could feel the, the, the spotlight, the heat of the spotlight and and it, and it falling. And, and, and that, part of the world. And it was, yes, we lived in a Phelps oxygen atmosphere, but it was, here's the thing you earned it. You were, I mean, you have 21 international medals won and it was, you were coming on so, so very fast and winning at such a high level, breaking world records, breaking American records. It was, uh, you, you earned, you earned your fame. And it was, I think, but unfairly, it was a, I think, I think the network narrative labeled you the female Michael Phelps and and everybody in swimming was like, this is good. This is good. And then they heard that and they were like, that's not fair. That's just, that's just like a non swimmer putting a label on somebody. And that's just not, it kind of didn't sit well with me. Well, thank
1: you. Thanks for saying that. Yeah. I think it's something that it just kind of happened. And now actually like looking back and preparing for like, you know, I was, we'll talk about that later, but I have a book coming out and seeing how much it was all over the media. I don't think I even was fully aware, aware at the time, how many times it was said. And when it was said to me, of course, it's, of course, it's an honor, right? Like, but at the same time, like to your point, it wasn't fair. I wasn't the best in the world at eight events. Like I wasn't as dominant as Michael. And so yeah it definitely framed my story my olympics in a very specific way uh and definitely not what i was putting out there i certain i was like guys eight gold medals all me then that you know then that's all i mean but i just wanted one you know that was not um certainly not what was in my thought process heading into beijing
0: for a teenage for someone who's a teenager and 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 and, and... I'm sure it was, uh, I'm sure there was a lot, it was a lot, it was was tense, but, you know, you still were dominant, and you still did perform, and, um, you know, I think back to watching when you, what did you you broke the American record in the 200 freestyle? Yeah. And you missed the podium, you were fourth,
1: Mm -hmm. and I
0: remember looking at my spouse going, that was a, freaking legit swim that's an awesome swim for any swimmer on earth every, anywhere going in Amer- you, know, try, you know breaking an american record i was really excited about that swim but i knew the context of what it was and in, in 2008 too and uh, and i was i was uh i felt like that was probably hard to process you know it's like how do you how do you overcome that must did that build a lot of character? That's the question I'm asking. There's a question there. How was your character? What did that do for your character?
1: Um. Yeah. That's the silver lining of it all, for sure. I think, and it it's taken me it's taken me a really long time, and I still have days where I'm I'm not at peace with it. But yeah, I think <laughs> looking back and looking at some of my performances, I'm like, wow. Like you know, my first race was a half a second off the time that was the world record at trials. Like that was a really good swim for me. And it's funny, I was uh, talking with Missy and Hayes on another thing last week, and we were talking about the, the media maze, right? Like, which is like either like the best lap of victory ever after a race, or it's like the walk of death because you just get pounded with questions. And um, I remember after that 203, I don't even think I realized it was the American record because I was like, oh, I think that's the best time. But because it was more framed as, Oh, what happened and i'm like oh man like yeah like obviously i'm bummed i want to win a medal for my country but it's so interesting now looking back and being like wow like that was i maybe i could have framed it better um but yeah i definitely had to do some soul searching uh after 2008 and and really on through now i mean it took probably five years of me stepping away from the sport and just taking a breath and trying to kind of find my identity away from it before now I'm able to kind of come back and have passion again and, and feel, speak authentically and be vulnerable and all those things.
0: I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get off this topic after 30 more seconds, but just for, for our older listeners listening, they're going to understand this term. For younger listeners, they might not, but to really epitomize what was happening. And this is probably an old school sports and frankly, misogynistic term. But each Olympics, the networks would pick what they called, it's almost like a casting. They would, they would call it the media darling. And it was always a young woman. And the, the media machine would ramp up. And that's really the, that was, thats and, and, and it's usually a huge position. It's, it's almost like a movie's about to roll out and the media darling is going to be this person. And it was you. And there was a, it was an enormous amount of time and energy put behind that. And it's, uh, I'm wondering how that's going to work going forward because it's a, it's, it's, it's an interesting thing. sounds like a topic we would have to discuss later. Maybe when, when you come back to talk about your book.
1: Yes, I would love that. Yeah. And I, I think to your point, one last thing on that is. There is an, an enormous amount of work and um, production that goes behind that. I almost think there's a feeling sometimes. Like I even had reporters come up to me where they're almost resentful towards me. Like, we said all these things and you didn't live up to them. Like, oh, you like, you know, it's like a very weird dynamic. Um, and now that I'm removed from it, I see it happen to other people in other sports, in our sport. And I'm always like, oh, God, like, I'm, I'm nervous for this person because it, it's a lot.
0: It is a lot. I'm, 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 backing off Coleman.
2: Oh, so I'm just, I'm just going to throw it out there. Uh You and Michael both swam five events at Beijing. Your, your events were way harder. <laughs> he had, he had the hundred fly. He swam mostly two hundreds. You had, yeah. Anyway.
1: It was a lot. I think it was it like 5,000, I like 5,000 meters over the course of it was now looking back. I'm like, Oh, my, like, I can't even, like, fathom doing that much. But it was, again, it was just something that it was just like, okay, well, these are the events that I'm good at. So, like, I'm going to swim these events. Um, and it just happened to be 400. AM and I am in 800 free. And just like, all the painful, <laughs> terrible <laughs> events that I just got. I just won the lottery to be. Those were my best events. So
0: I just want to say this. Michael Phelps, he might listen to this, this episode. And if he does, I want him to know that, coleman hodges was the one that called you out wasn't me buddy but if we want to be if we want to be, you know go apples to apples it looks like she swam further at the olympics but she, she had it she had it was it was a brutal lineup we so what, here's a we have we have a reason for bringing you on and it's something that we're live with right now on SwimSwam.com, and it is SynergyTriLand.com. this is your business your um so is this, is this a launch? Have you, have you been in development for a while? Tell, you know, give us a little backstory about where you're at with your business.
1: Yeah. So I think the, I mean, the biggest push has been this quarantine. So if anyone, anyone asks me, what's your silver lining of this quarantine? I say Synergy Dryland. And it's always been something that, you know, especially towards the end of my career when I was making my comeback for 16, which if I hadn't had a pulmonary embolism, I really think would have been a great testimonial to the training that my husband or boyfriend at the time was putting me through. And I've always, I think that moment in 2016, it was like, wow, like this is making such a positive impact. Like I dropped two seconds of my hundred breasts, three seconds of my 200 breasts, all from doing banded kettlebell swings that I'd never done before. It was just like this light bulb moment. And then I needed to kind of take my hiatus away from the sport. And as quarantine hit um I started doing uh with CG I was doing these like I was like you know what instead of doing a speech I want to give these kids something that yes I can tell them to be positive I can tell them to control what they can control but like I want to actually give them something that they can control so I started doing these two times a week um called it I am fit and I would literally just like sweat and toil away with these kids and um start programming and then it then moved into now I have a group of individuals that subscribe with me. We give them a full program. Um, and then as that started to develop, we're like, gosh, like we should be doing this for not just individuals. Like we should be doing this for teams. And that was kind of like the whole progression. Um, so this is truly a launch we have. Um, my husband's worked has worked with teams informally and worked one on one. Um, but this is the official, you know, true launch to, really support teams and, um, you know, make swimmers faster and feel empowered and not weighed down from things they're doing outside of the water, more strengthened from things they're doing outside of the water.
0: Okay. I'm going off topic just for <laughs> one second. Sometimes, <laughs> sometimes when you get married and you're an Olympic star and your husband is a former elite athlete, they're, they're they can cross over and they can swim. Is he, can he swim? Is he a swimmer?
1: no so he can no, so the him.
0: point you can beat him you can beat him
1: I can yes yeah. so he the the I can beat him hands down um he I coached he was like, gonna do a 25 yard brace with someone and I coached him I coached him I was like okay just don't breathe because you have terrible like you just like do this when you breathe I'm like just whatever you do just hold your breath for 25 yards it's fine just muscle it out like literally off the start he breathes runs into the wall and I was like I'm done. Like I'm done. Like I'm not, I'm not helping you anymore. But no, that was pretty much his last experience in the pool. He's like
0: Todd. Todd he's your busy. your your spouse is an Olympic star. Next time you need to listen to her. Probably need to listen to her in a lot of other areas. That's yeah. that's the secret sauce Another to marriage. It's not here right now. I was drop really it in going there. Now. <laughs> so, it's, a, it's a, I'm sorry. Go ahead.
2: So so you you mentioned you know he's he's a big part of this as well. You know, uh, obviously he he's not the best in the water but it sounds like he understands swimmers and what they may need physically out of the water.
1: Yeah. I think that's really the cool part about the program is that I think it's very rare that you have, you know, obviously you have my lens and my eyes of, of ha- having been a swimmer, having been trained like a swimmer times when it hasn't gone well, times when it has gone well. Um, and then he has, you know, a decade of experience and and really, dug very deep into the you know physiology everything of swimming when I made my comeback so he I think you know another silver lining of my comeback even though it didn't happen because of my pulmonary embolism was he learned so much about the sport he did a ton of research um, and then started training swimmers as well so I feel like it's you know, sometimes I hate when people bring up like, oh, football. I'm like, yeah, like, yeah, he played football, but that's not just his knowledge base. He's he's very... Um you know, skilled in understanding that swimming is a very unique sport in the fact that you're not dealing with gravity. So <laughs> there's so many different ways to to go about things. Um, but you have to be very, I think, individualized when it comes to swimming. You can't train a swimmer like a football player, like a track athlete. Like it has to be very much customized.
0: Well, you you brought this up a few times. You, 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 you had to come back. Coleman was excited because he was on deck. Uh, that's when you first went on deck for us. Is that correct, Coleman? When you so first started out?
2: My first swim meet reporting, swim swim by myself, was the 2015 Orlando Pro Swim in March, February.
1: Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: Uh, I, th- I believe that was one of your last meets.
1: Yeah, that was kind of my last, um, because after I went through the blood clots, you know, I was still trying to make it work. You know, they were telling me that my lung capacity was reduced, and I was like, okay, well, maybe I can be just pull out a hundred, and I just it just kept not working, and that was ultimately. I think I saw an interview actually from that me. I looked very sad, but um, <laughs> very sad.
0: But I'm, just, I'm sorry. Oh no, yeah,
1: no, I just it was just something I was just trying to see if I could still pull it out. But having scar tissue build up in your lungs is not ideal
0: for 200s. Your fan base was there though, and, and, and we were seeing signs of progression. We we're like, okay, oh, she's back. She's, she's progressing. Um, somebody who understands how to be that dominant on the world stage is, is you, know, that, you know, be afraid. And um, it was hard when that was cut short because of, because of what you experienced. And it's, yeah. uh, so is, is, has, how has it affected you in your, in your swimmer life? Are you okay?
1: Yeah. So the thing that, you know, the doctors are very clear about, they're like, look, you know, two or three years is probably about how long it'll take to have everything clear out. Um, so for, it was pretty true to that for about two, three years, like even, you know, when I would really push it, cause I was still, I still work out, you know, five days a week. I you know, do cycling. I try, try to run. I do strength training. I do HIIT. Um, and I I could take a deep breath and feel like a a twinge and I could feel it there. Um, So it was only if I like, I mean, again, we're talking about like, oh, I can't sprint a 200 freestyle at, you know, world class. So like doing just like a basic 45 minute group fitness class, like I was okay. Um, But I definitely, when I did push it to to the limit, I could feel it, now I'm good. I'm not planning on getting back and making a comeback, but I think, you know, if, if I got back in the water, I really do feel like the scar tissue has been cleared out. It's all good. I don't, you know, have blood clots or anything like that. So,
0: I think, I think having an, a, an extraordinary career and then coming back to the sport and giving back with the synergy is something that's probably you're going to find more joy with this than you, than you will during your career. There's something beautiful about it. And it's, uh, so on that topic, if I'm a club team and, and I want to sign up, what do I do? How do I, how do, I do this? How do I how do get on your program?
1: Yeah, so um, we already had actually a couple teams that we've uh, gotten on. They've emailed us. So my email is just katie at synergydryland.com. And we set up a Zoom call. So my husband and I get on. Um, we really just run through, okay, you know, how many swimmers? Um, what are what are the ages? What equipment do you have, if any? Because we can work with that too. Um, you know, what does your schedule look like right now with, like, the pandemic and having to schedule out people? Um, and just really getting an idea. And then we go from there of, of kind of valuing what that, what that all means. Um, the cool thing, we don't have, like, a set price. Because every single team, it seems like right now, is vastly different. Um, and that's something that we really want to make sure that we're accommodating. Um, that kind of was like the brainchild of all of this is like it's really hard to just be like, okay, here's what it is. Go. Um, you know we want to make sure that we're checking in monthly, adapting, adjusting as needed. Um, and and you know really helping these teams make sure that the coaches can have their focus in the water um, and not having to worry about making sure that they're juggling recruiting and like I feel like swim coaches have like seventeen different jobs and it's almost unfair sometimes.
0: <laughs> Pullman, uh, is your mic turned up? Yeah, I think so. Can you hear him, Katie? I can hear him. Yeah. Okay, cool. I'm, it was very low. Is my mic low? No, so. great. I'm yelling into the mic. Oh, <laughs> what what fascinates me about about dryland training is everybody has their own little secret weapon. Um, I'm sure that it evolved between the time of the, when you were you know when you were in North Baltimore, uh, when you were with Paul, to working with your husband. You know what is the difference? Well, you know what what's what is the new evolution? What 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 are you know what's the if I'm a young swimmer today? I'm a coach, and I and I want to make gains in dry land. You know what's what's something that really can 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 help you out?
1: Yeah, you know, I think for a long time the and I still see it out there, but it's like you know, do doing an exercise that's going to enhance the stroke doesn't have to mimic the exercise on land. So I see a lot of people doing like you know, like and and doing bands and stuff is great, but you know, just doing things like holding a streamline and kicking breaststroke or like, you know, pull like that doesn't it's weird. It doesn't translate like that. Um, And that's why I'm so fortunate that I mean, my Todd truly opened my eyes because that's kind of what I thought. Now, things like squat jumps and kettlebell swings um, and basic movements too, like doing a goblet squat has a lot of benefit. And I think sometimes coaches like to get kind of fancy. um, And I even caught myself doing that when I was initially programming thinking it has to be like this mimic of a stroke but it doesn't it can it just has to be explosive um it has to make sure that you're not going to injure yourself so not weighting things and going super heavy um and then it just has to really complement um that specific stroke or that specific distance um because that's something too like sprinters don't need to be doing the same thing as someone who's training for the 800 or even the 400.
0: colma do you know what a goblet squat is I don't.
2: It's just, I was wondering the same thing.
1: So so the benefit of that, I did a lot of those towards the end, instead of like, you know, a back squat, obviously, you know, swimmers put so much stress on their lower back with, you know, doing this constantly. Um, And so it's it's really holding like either a kettlebell or a weight um, and just holding it here. So really working on like the form, um, but it's just managing like the risk versus the reward, like a, I think the times I've had my like best like maxing out in the weight room wasn't necessarily the times I was swimming the fastest. Um, and you look, you know, you look at someone like even Caleb Dressel, like his, he's jumping athletically and doing like these crazy box jumps. Um, That's not something where you have to like load people up and just completely crush people in the weight room. Um, That's definitely not what it's about, and it should be. It should always be that the land part is is enhancing the water part, and not. Sometimes I think that they're like like this, Um, and just because I can do you know a hundred and fifty pound power clean doesn't necessarily mean that's translating to a best time in the two hundred freestyle.
0: I'm sorry. Do um do you still talk with Paul? Are You guys still in touch?
1: Uh, we we haven't in a while. Um, we talked a few years ago. Um, we both got inducted to the Maryland Swimming Hall of Fame. Um, but I know he's doing his thing at North Baltimore. Um, but yeah, we haven't we haven't kept in touch as much.
0: I, you know what? I uh, I talked to my coach this morning, and he's a he's an unusual he's a, an unusual guy. It just made me think of Paul. Paul's an unusual person. He sees the world in a different way. Yeah kind of wondering if that you know if that shaped your your mind in a different way and and if that's going to you know what does that mean with with synergydryland.com it's like cuz he did see things differently i think he was more creative than your average coach than most coaches
1: i would agree yeah and i think when i when i talk about the times that um, especially as a, as a high school athlete, um, we we didn't get loaded up on dryland. We did a lot more explosive things, um, more basic things that I didn't feel like were negatively affecting me. I think they were only enhancing. So I agree. I think that um, you know, that's definitely more on what we're looking to do with athletes. Um, and you know, my husband is definitely the brains behind it. I, I definitely Rely on him to come up with things and and you know really put together a program. Also uh, on load management. So I think something that um, is unique is that we can really take a look at the season and look at the overall blueprint of a season and have it actually correlate with. Okay, so you're in your high volume months right now. So let's make sure that makes sense with what you're doing on land. Okay, now you're doing maybe more some some speed and some race quality work. Okay, let's have that match to that instead of having there be this disjoint you know, separation when they should be working hand in hand.
0: Coleman, are you jumping in here or do I, do yeah. I guess take this interview to the well, very end?
2: So I think it's also interesting because I'm guessing you might've had a few different dryland philosophies throughout your swimming career, because your career was also not traditional in terms of, you know, you were at North, you went to a lot of different places and you didn't just go swim for college after high school right You yeah were in Baltimore you were in Florida you were in California um you know did did any of those drylands kind of affect the way you were looking at dryland before before Todd or kind of the ideas that you're developing now
1: yeah that's a great question I think you know it, it's hard for me to view like an NBAC I think I was more of just a robot. So I just kind of did what I was told. Um, and then I, I do think at that point, it, it, my line was helping. I, mean, was, I was ripping off three sets of 12 pull-ups. My upper body strength was strong. Um, you know, we were very, it was very much hand in hand and enhancing what we were doing. And obviously that's the time I was swimming the fastest. I think, um, you know, other programs like, um, you know, when I went to California, you know, we had a great strength training, but you know, my legs were getting big. Like I was, I was doing a lot of lifting and not to say that, you know, strength training is something that we incorporate into synergy, but it, I just always felt weighed down. I feel like there was a piano on my back, you know, pulling and having a little lower body was always a benefit to me as a swimmer. That's so why I said, like I was doing, you know, pull-ups with 45 pounds on my back and I was not swimming my fastest. So I think that's kind of where like the light bulb went off at, at some point for me where it was like, okay, I'm super strong, but like, am I trying to be a weightlifter? or Am I trying to be an Olympic swimmer? And that's something that I think evolved throughout my career, um, where I just noticed the difference of how I was feeling and the connection from what the exercises that I just did to getting in the pool and that really distinct connection or disconnection.
2: Okay. I have one more question. I think I was, I was talking with Kara one time. You were really good at pulling, right?
1: Oh, we are like battle royale on pulling. Like, Kara and I could throw down some crazy stuff.
0: Yeah. Uh, useful, I think she told names. me. So people now. What? What? It's Carolyn Joyce. Oh, so yeah, Joy.
2: so I think Carolyn Joyce one time told me about a set. You guys were doing it at an Olympic training camp.
1: Is this the 10-200s? Yeah.
2: Could, would you oh, mind yeah. telling that story?
1: Yeah, we, talk, we always talk about this. Um, so yeah, we were at uh, Stanford Palo Alto camp before 08. And we had, um, just from other camps, like we both were very aware that the other one was really good at pulling. So we always wanted to go next to each other. And we were doing 10 200s, and I think it was descend by 4-3-2-1. And we started off at like aggressive, like 2 10 just to start, to the start of the descent. I was like, this is bad. <laughs> but of course, like we were like just, every single 200 battling. And then I think we got down to, I think the final one was like 201 or 202. Like, I think like we, I remember saying like, wow, we just got an Olympic trials cut pulling at the end of 10 200s. Um, and we were both very by the book. You know, there's people who, you know, get a little little kick action in there, but we were both like straight as a board. I made sure I was watching her and she was watching me <laughs> and there was no there was no cheating there. So yeah.
0: yeah. That's insane, you're pushing off the wall.
1: Yeah, oh, yeah, no. it was it was fun. I always had a great time um, when we were, and even at fast when we were chained together, we would always just battle it out with full sets. Um, I was a big fan.
0: We report a lot about, uh, from time to time, or at least we, we have fun with it, about, about Katie beating people in practice, Katie Ledecky beating people in practice, or being at training camps, and guys quietly slipping away from the lane. <laughs> Did you, I I know, hearing that set, thank thank God for Coleman for bringing that set up. Um, It sounds like you had this similar experience throughout your career.
1: I mean, some of the Katie sets I hear about are insane. But yeah, I I definitely, um, that was, I feel like women are actually kind of lucky in that way where you can, you're always going to have a guy that's just that much ahead of you, which sucks, but like it also helps you train really, really well. Um, so I, I mean, I was always trying to, you know, catch the guys or beat the guys. I felt like, you know, 17, 18 was probably the height of it. And then I kind of felt them slipping away because I was trained with pretty good guys. But, um, yeah. Oh my gosh. Like that was like the ultimate kill. If you could like finish the set and like, no, like, okay, like I, <laughs> I kicked your butt on that set and I know you felt real bad about it. <laughs>
0: Thank you for going there. That was the answer we were looking for. We, yeah. wanted to, we wanted to hear the truth. The answer is yes, I got you.
1: Yeah, of course. Especially if like they were like, I mean, I was always getting teased. So that was like the only way I could truly get back of them was like, all right, well, I'm just going to get really angry that you just, you know, mess with me. So I'm just going to beat you now. Like that was the only way I could get back at them. Because I'm not good at comebacks. I'm just not.
0: <laughs> you got any more hidden gems in your back pocket, Coleman? <laughs>
2: think that was that was that was what I was really curious about that's like that's one of my favorite parts of swimming as a reporter is hearing you know because everyone who swims isn't the best swimmer but you get a lot of swimmers or you get a lot of elite swimmers and some of them are just f- freakishly good at something like kicking or pulling <clears throat> and like obviously you were an amazing swimmer but hearing about like what some people can do in practice it's always just
1: have you ever talked to felicia lee about her kick times no i haven't oh she would kick like it like even from the age of like 14 so like she would i think her best 50 yard kick time was like 27 or 28 like it was like she would crush guys like she would go to training camp like with you know I don't know, any, any national teamer, and she would absolutely destroy in kicking. Like, I, to this day, I'm like, Felicia, if there was a, you know, World Championships or Olympics, you would have, like, ten gold medals, hands down. <laughs> so there's – I would ask her about that if you ever get the chance.
2: That's awesome. We need to have Felicia Lee on.
0: <laughs> we had have, we have to have her on just to talk about it. And Yeah, it's like – yeah, that's It would good.
1: drive me up a wall because I was, like, an average kicker. And you know, we'd go from poll and I'd be like, you know, I would always want to do backstroke against her. And even then I couldn't beat her. So drove me a little bit nuts, but it's okay. <laughs> we're,
0: down, we're down to five minutes. And, and we had uh, Olympic star Katie Hoff on to talk about her new company, SynergyDryland.com, SynergyDryland.com. And we want you to go there and check it out. It's, it's uh, and, and you know, you can go there and you can reach, you can find her, uh, Katie's email. You can reach out to her directly, find out more information. We are under five minutes, so as a debrief, is there anything going on in your life that is not business, not swim, that's making you happy? Because this has been a, it's been a tough period of time.
1: This has been a tough period of time. Um, I mean, my little French bulldog, which I'm like hoping that you didn't hear her snorts, always makes me happy. Um, I think, well, I don't know if it's business related, but I finished a book. So that was really, really exciting. Um, something that I wanted to do. I mean, really since I finished my swimming career, but again, I didn't have the courage or the uh, vulnerability quite yet to really tell my story. And, uh, I think, you know, this quarantine has just allowed me to really focus on it, partner with the ghostwriter, and, um, yeah, it's in editing and it's coming out in uh, end of November. So that's been my silver lining, I think, of of quarantine is just being able to get that done and get that out there. So I'm very proud of it.
2: Wait a you, second. You. I yeah. I know something that you've done that's made me happy. You have the best TikTok game. Uh, oh God. Oh I can't God. I didn't bring this up before.
1: Did you see my husband drop me? No. So it's, it, he got 3 million views on his TikTok. I did it and got like nothing because I didn't like the algorithms. I don't know. But, yeah, we, so we did the koala challenge, which is on there. And then we did, I was just like feeling like, yes, I got it. Kind of not that coordinated. (laughs) Why don't we do, there's a fitness couple we follow. And they're like, why don't we do like a, a a clean, like you clean me and like, let's do it. He literally dropped me on my head. Like you can hear it and like we did it like <laughs> it's on it's on both of our tiktoks and i hit my head on the like our wood floor it's like a mess and we didn't want to post it for a while and then i was like whatever i'm fine now but yeah that's like tiktok's been fun but that was our tiktok blooper
2: <laughs> oh my gosh the i mean my favorite by far was the super smash brothers when you do all the different swimmers yeah. that was gene i mean it was just pure genius because well, some people
1: were like wow you changed into your suit and put your cap and goggles on like you're such a loser i'm like what else are you doing right <laughs> now like let's be real <laughs> so all right yeah yeah uh, I, I feel like that it feels like so long ago like march and april my tiktok game was on point and now i've kind of faded but i need to get back to it before it gets taken off the internet
0: <laughs> we're done. okay are you are you coming in coleman no Okay. Yeah, we're, we're down under two minutes. Uh, we're talking to Katie Hoff, Olympic star, about her new company, SynergyDryland.com. And she has leaked out that she completed a book during the COVID shutdown. So if you were lazy and did nothing, you can hate yourself, you can hate yourself a little bit more because Katie was like, hey, I'm gonna, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna finish my book. <laughs> uh, we're going to have her back on to talk about the book, and we're going to get into the nitty-gritty of that. We're going to put out a release, and we're going to let everybody know exactly where to buy it. But, um, you know, we're 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 running down our seconds. Is there, are there any parting thoughts that you have for us? Anything you would like to say that we didn't cover?
1: Uh, no, I just think that I'm really, really excited about uh, this launch. Uh, it's something that... I feel very passionate about because I think it really affected me in a positive way when I had a, a great program and I'm just excited to, to support everybody and, um, meet, meet new people and, and make a positive impact.
2: You've been listening to the swim Swam podcast. Stay tuned for new episodes every week. You can take swim swim podcasts on the go by subscribing on your favorite podcast platform. Look for links in the description below, and be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel for more videos as well.